Because of Brexit, you need a UK responsible person. So contact Easy Medical Device. UKREP at EasyMedicalDevice.com. UKREP at EasyMedicalDevice.com. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today, we'll help you to understand what is a system, a procedure, pack uh, provider, company, and all those things that uh, we are hearing or uh, reading, if I can say, on the UMDR and IVDR. And uh, I have with me uh, Eric Volbrecht, so our favorite lawyers from Axon Lawyer, who will help us for that. So hi, Eric. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hey there, Monier. Thanks for having me again. I see it's a shirtless, uh, shirtless series uh, day. Yeah, it's, it starts to be spring here. So <laughs> the, 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 look outside, you can see that uh, it's total shit weather in Amsterdam. So, I, see. Uh, I, I still feel uh, very, uh, very, uh, very summery already. Yeah, so I think yeah we are in we are in transition now between winter to to spring. So let's let's hope that the sun will be rising soon. So, um, so Eric, um, as I've said, so uh, we will really try to explain to people what is the system procedure pack provider kits also for IVDR. So uh, this is something that maybe uh, will be helping a lot of companies. But just as usual, even if a lot of people know you, maybe there is new people coming. So can we have a, just a small introduction of yourself? Yeah, of course. It's uh, well. I'm uh, I'm Eric. I'm a lawyer specializing in uh, in uh, medical devices regulation and uh, legislation. Uh, do a lot of work in uh, well. So as I was telling you just before the recording, for example, litigating against the government about medical devices. I just won a nice uh, case. So if I'm a bit hyper during this podcast, it's because of that. Actually, you know what the client doesn't, so I'm going to tell them right after this podcast. Uh, I do a lot of work uh, on the MDR and the IVDR, uh, also on contracts uh, uh, in medical devices and IVDs, and also quite a lot of work in uh, M&A. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, basically what I do, and I've been doing it for a long time, and I do it for many Medtech Europe and Cosier members, but also uh, non-Medtech Europe and Cosier members. Yeah. So um, I think uh, when you mentioned MNA, I, I was thinking, oh, yeah, we should really make a podcast episode on MNA because I have made an article, I think, two or three years ago about that, just explaining what is how we can do a merger and acquisition, but not in the fi- uh, side of financial, but more in the side of quality and regulatory affairs. Maybe it could be a good discussion also. That's an um, important subject because these days, actually, I'm working on a merger now where they found oh. out when the bid was accepted, that the way the merger would be implemented would trigger all kinds of significant changes in the uh, in the old MDD certificates. So now they have to basically reorganize the merger. So, so I, I can imagine it's a, it's a lot of surprises <laughs> that people discover after they have made the check, if I can say, instead of looking at that before, which is uh, something important here. Um, so yeah, so today we will try to focus on something that um, I receive a lot of questions of so regarding 
what is a system, a procedure pack, what is a kit, what mm -hmm. is all this, how, how this is regulated, who can place that on the market, who is, what is the rules for each of those. And, and I wanted really you to help us, if I can say, to give some answers related to that. I prepared some questions so that I can, it's mainly the frequently asked question that people are, are asking about that. But before that, can we have a higher level frequency question, which is what is really a system, a procedure pack or a kit under IVDR, for example, MDR and IVDR, so that mm -hmm. first people understand really what we are talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that people confuse a lot, actually, because uh, let's, let's start with the kit, because that's, that's the easiest and also the most mystical one. Uh, kit is uh, uh, something that was under the IVDB and the uh, MDB and the AIMDB never defined, except in the IVDB MedDev on uh, Borderline. That actually has a description of what is a kit. And basically there it says that's a collection of stuff for a specific in vitro diagnostic uh, examination. And what we now have in the IVDR is, uh, is actually a, a nice uh, definition. It's, uh, it specifically says that it's, uh, um, let's my definition. So it's a set of components which are packaged together and intended to be used to perform a specific in vitro diagnostic examination or a part thereof. So that's your definition of a kit under the IVDR. Now the IVDR is a bit typical in the sense uh, that uh, a kit is a device in itself, well, because yep. kit is included in the definition of, uh, of what is an IVD device. And the things work a bit different under the, uh, under the uh, MDR. So uh, I suggest that we reserve the, the IVD our kit question for another time because the yeah. IVDR also has some weird demarcation provisions uh, for combinations uh, with kits. But under the MDR, you've got yourself, uh, you've got the system and the procedure pack, and they look a lot alike. Uh, they are defined in Article 2. Um, 22, yeah. Uh, uh, Article, uh, Article 2, 10 and 11. Yeah, I had to In both cases, there are a combination of products. And mark that, eh? because the IVDR says a uh, combination of components, and the MDR says products. So that's, that's already different. And the difference between a system and a procedure pack for the MDR is that uh, a system, for a system, the products can either be packaged together or not. Whereas for a procedure pack, the products have to be packaged together. So, for example, uh, to demonstrate this, I've got, uh, I've got here, oops, sorry, I've got my uh, brain implant system that we uh, place on the market uh, by Axon. <laughs> yeah, and, so just uh, Eric is showing a, a box now. <laughs> so let's say, uh, for example, I'm going to take one thing out. So now I've got my brain implant system. Uh, which, and I've got my charger for brain implant. So if I put this, place this on the market as a system, the charger does not necessarily have to be packaged together with the rest of the system. But on the other hand, if I make this into a procedure pack, now it's okay. a vasectomy procedure pack. Mm -hmm. Let's say I've got my uh, vasectomy scissors in the, uh, in the procedure pack. 
unlike the system, the scissors have to be packaged in the procedure pack. That's, that's one of the differences. Um, what, uh, what is also a, a difference is, is that um, for a system, the products, the combination of products needs to be interconnected or combined in order to achieve a, a, a specific medical purpose. And that is not needed for a procedure pack. So uh, if we go back to the uh, to, to my vasectomy procedure pack, it's not necessary that I can connect the scissor and the uh, charger for the uh, cauterization instrument, which uh, you could use in a vasectomy. Whereas, um, let's say for the um, uh, for the, uh, the brain implant, if I have a charger. Then it is necessary, oops, sorry, that it can be connected to the programmer, for example, for the, uh, for the system. It so has to work really hard... together. So a system has to work together. Uh, the different parts has to work together and connected. It can be that it's not packed together, but a procedure pack should be packed together, even if they are not working together. Exactly. Yeah. A procedure pack is more like well, it's exactly for a procedure, right? So in a procedure, you don't do all the things at the same time. The procedure doesn't result into a thing uh, working in an interoperable fashion. And that is what a system is, is intended to do. And that's, that's basically, that is basically uh, a procedure pack and a, and a system, the differences. And what I should also remark is that both a procedure pack and a system needs to have a specific medical purpose. Yeah. So that is also uh, important because often companies uh, or, or anybody forgets that for a system or a procedure pack, you need a specific medical purpose that might be uh, uh, not identical to the intended purpose of the devices included in it. Right. So that's that's also that's also important because otherwise, if you don't have a specific intent, medical intended purpose, you've got this which is also something we make. We have an excellent convenience pack, which is basically just a box of stuff that clients can say, oh, I would like a box with an iPhone, a scissor, and a stapler, for example. And then we say, okay, I've got a stapler in the box, I've got an iPhone in the box, and there you go. But yeah. then, it's, then, then, it's a, then it's a convenience pack and not a system nor a procedure pack. No, I think it's, that, it's, it's clear. It's how it works. Yeah, I, th I think it's clear, but uh, it's uh, it's really something that people have to understand in terms of how this is working together or not together, packed together or not together. And one thing that maybe we have also to clarify is the fact that uh, you can do that even if you are not the manufacturer. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because the uh, because you can say the magic of uh, of a procedure pack or a system is that what you do is you combine systems that are already approved for an intended purpose by their manufacturer. And that also means that you do not necessarily need the manufacturer's permission to include them in a uh, procedure pack or into a, in a system. So, and that also means, because that's the Spider-Man's uncle's uh, argument, that with great power comes great responsibility. So if you combine these things, uh, as a, a person uh, uh, engaging in this activity, you also get 
regulatory responsibility under the NDR. And that is also, uh, that's also an important thing to keep in mind because Article 22 describes what responsibility you get and also what you need to do in order to have a compliant procedure pack or a compliant system. So and also something that, they, that, 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 that is also interesting, and that's something that is also quite unknown, but maybe we'll discuss that later as well. That's the, and that's a big difference between the MDR, the, the old directives and the MDR, is that a person uh, uh, putting things together to a system or procedure pack is also an economic operator. Yeah. Literally, the definition of what is an economic operator in the DMDR includes uh, the person engaging in the activity of Article 22, Section 1, which is combining, but also, and that is even less known, the activity uh, uh, described in Article 22, Section 3, which is sterilizing procedure packs. So even a sterilizer of procedure packs is now an economic operator in the DMDR. Yeah, and can he? Uh, I mean, can he do so? I mean, because a sterilizer of a procedure pack is maybe receiving this procedure pack from his customer, saying, "Can you sterilize that for me?" I mean, can he know that he has the responsibility as an economic operator for uh, doing that, also without maybe his, his job is really to sterilize only? So, what, what do you think about that? Well, if he reads the law, he should know. But uh, it's not everybody who reads the law, unfortunately. <laughs> And this is the point here, is the fact that I have a customer say, oh, can you sterilize my product? Yes, sure, I can sterilize your product. So give that yeah. to me, I sterilize that, I give that back to you. But hey, be careful. All what you have done now, you are responsible. If there is any issue on the market, you are responsible because you were mm -hmm. the one also as an economic operator within the UMDR, which is kind of, yeah, as you said, the, the small lines on the contract that people not, don't read, which is really something also that is really, uh, really important here. Um, Okay, so we talked really about that in terms of I am the company placing things on a box or separately if it's a system and placing that on the market. I have yep. some responsibility. Um, can I be the one, I mean, in terms of box, can I create the box and put my own name on the box or should I put the name of those manufacturers that are having those products inside? Well, actually, the NDR says you have to put your own name on it. That's Article 20, uh, 22, Section 5. That says that uh, you need to do uh, a couple of things as the person uh, combining uh, things into a procedure pack or a system. And that's you have to label it with your own details uh, so that your location can be established. So basically, put your address on it, a bit like the importer needs to do for the NDR as well. Um, and also, and that's another important one, you need, to, uh, you need to do two things. You need to issue a declaration, the Article uh, 22 uh, two declaration or statement in, yeah. in which you declare I have verified compatibility and so on. But also, and that is something that is often forgotten, uh, and the MDR makes it very clear, you need to make an IFU for the system or the procedure pack that meets the requirements of Annex 1, Section 23 of the NDR, which is also, that's, that's, that can be quite a lot of work to do that in uh, sufficient detail. 
So th there is kind of some, it's not just create a box, uh, buy a carton, put things inside, close it and send that to people. It's really some work in terms of that. That, 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 would, that would be this. Yeah, that would be this with Axon on it, with uh, all the things. So um, it's possible, yes. There is the... There is the name, my name as a manufacturer or the, as a, 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 a company that is placing that all together. There is the information related to the IFU, the, the be careful of this, be careful of that. Exactly. Exactly. And you have, yeah, I see here the, the, UDI, the UDI code also. Yeah, that's that's another thing that uh, that that is new, is a novelty under the uh, under the MDR. So I've also got my oh, mirror. I've also got a UDI because um, for a, a procedure pack and a system, these things need a separate basic UDI DI. So that's something that that applies basically as of uh, date of application, right? So. Uh, all these systems and procedure packs that are being uh, being placed on the market by then uh, need uh, basically the IDI. Uh, and then also uh, you need to, uh, in the end, engage even in, uh, in UDI labeling um, and, uh, and engage in that. So that's, that's how you should do that exactly is in uh, Annex 6, Part C 6.3 with that has all the details uh, on that. And UDAMED also, because you have the UDI, you have also to register the product yeah. on UDAMED. Yeah, that's that's another good point because uh, of course, what's the point of a UDI if you're not going to register it in UDAMED? And there, that's where the MDR is a bit, uh, I would say confusing because it says that, uh, that's, that's, that's a bit tricky. Because it says in Article uh, 20, uh, 29, Section Two, it says that you need to uh, you need to have a basic UDI uh, for your procedure pack or your system, but it doesn't say in Article Thirty One uh, that the uh, procedure packer or the system integrator needs to register as an economic operator. And if that's and that's 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 I think a bit of an oversight. So that's why uh, there's this NDCG guidance exactly 18-3 revision one that explains very explicitly that even though it's not in the law very clearly, I mean you can't provide a UDI to the UDMED database if you don't have an SRN and you only get an SRN if you register as an economic operator. So Yeah, no, I, I think it's yeah. really important here because if I remember before the MDCG came out, before all this, we had discussion with some um, system and procedure pack companies that were saying, oh, but nowhere on the UMDI it says that I have to register on UDAMED. Nowhere it says this and that. But they yeah. were, uh, when I discussed with some people, they said, oh yeah, but it's under manufacturer. As soon as there is manufacturer, it's also system procedure pack. And this is like <laughs> a kind of an interpretation, but uh, at the point, yeah. interpretation is, is kind of a, a problem also for everybody because you can interpret it in one way or the other, which is a bit of a problem. But when you look at the UDAMED uh, list or what exactly are the information you have to register. Inside, there is also system and procedure pack information, yes or no. And here, the MDCG is also giving more detail about that. Yep. So um, in terms uh, of, I think, yeah, we clarified a lot of things here. One thing I want also to, uh, to talk about is the fact that um, first, as we said, 
we can place those devices on the market. Mm -hmm. It's not our products. It's the products maybe from company A, B, C, and D, and we take that and we place that on our box and we send that. If there is an issue on the market, who is responsible then? Because it's not, I placed on the market, but it's not my product. It's a product of company A, B, C, and D. So am I responsible mm -hmm. for something here or not? Yeah, that's also a tricky one with systems and procedure packs because the, 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 the responsibility is layered, you could say. Because the way it works is that um, you need to define a specific medical purpose for the procedure pack or the, uh, uh, or the uh, system, which needs to fit in the intended purpose of each of the devices and products that you put in there. So this way you can never define a specific medical purpose that does not fit the intended purpose of any of the uh, things that you include in it. And because each of the things that are included in the procedure pack and the system remain used on label, the manufacturer of these devices remains, responsibility, remains responsible for vigilance, uh, post-market surveillance and so on. Now, of course, it is relevant if you as a manufacturer know that your uh, device is being included by somebody else in a system, then this would be relevant to monitor for post-market surveillance, for example. So that would be something that, uh, that, that, that would be relevant to put in your post-market clinical follow-up, for example. Or if I were a notified body and I knew that this, that, uh, this, uh, that for example, there are the, the device is also included in a system, I would ask the manufacturer, hey, are you also collecting data on this? Because the interaction with the other devices might actually uh, create new information. Now, the interaction with the other devices, and that is another thing, is that um, the, um, that's the responsibility of the procedure packer or the systems integrator. Because I spoke about the Article 22.2 uh, statement before. So what the uh, um, procedure packer or the systems integrator needs to do is needs to verify the, uh, the mutual compatibility in accordance with the uh, uh, manufacturer's uh, uh, instructions. And also when they combine these systems also do that in combination with the instructions of the manufacturer. So let's say for example, uh, the manufacturer has uh, a paragraph on interoperability or compatibility in the IFU. If you combine things into a system or a procedure pack, then you must do this in accordance with these, with the instructions uh, for that. So you can't, create your own Frankenstein interfacing protocol, for example, uh, for software, even if that also uh, might also work. And then of course, you need to do your own validation that everything is actually compatible and working as intended, that you put into a statement. And also you need a quality system uh, for this, uh, for the verification of uh, compatibility. Yeah. and. Um... One last thing is uh, we talked about the fact, yeah, as we had some responsibility. Um, is it also the responsibility of uh, a system and procedure pack to inform the manufacturer that they will create this pack or they are really doing that without informing anybody? No, they can, uh, no, the, the, there are the only information obligation that they have is to put it in Unimet uh, under their own basic UDI. But as a manufacturer, can I know 
with some procedure that somebody is doing that? Uh, well, uh, theoretically, not until you see it in Udemy. Okay. What I what I what I see normally is that uh, <clears throat> manufacturers will often uh, agree with third parties that do this uh, uh, about, for example, to provide them with additional, uh, let's say, compatibility information that is not available publicly to allow them to do the uh, to to make a more effective combination, for example. So usually you see it and. I think it's also an important thing about uh, actually about responsibilities because since the procedure packer or the uh, systems integrator doesn't have uh, their own responsibility uh, as an importer or a distributor of these devices, so it can be that they then you get all kinds of weird permutations. So for example, let's say I'm a, a systems integrator or a procedure packer And I, uh, um, so I've got my, uh, I've got my system. Oh, sorry. So I've got my system, and the stapler comes from China. Yeah. And I, I, I order it from China directly. Okay. From a company, uh, from a Chinese company that has a CE mark. But no, the, but no importer. But no importer. So that means I'm importer. Exactly. Right. Uh, so I get, for example, I get the programmer. I get it from a German company that um, that has a CE marker for it, but they produce it in Germany. So then I uh, basically I am, yeah, uh, I could be a distributor for that because the fact that I am a systems integrator or procedure packer does not exclude me from also being another economic in, uh, operator, so an importer or a distributor. That's very important to keep in mind. Yeah, so that, I, I, means, that means that I, I'm basically running two quality systems. I'm running my quality system for combining these products into a, uh, a procedure pack or a system, but I'm also running my distributor verification uh, obligations or my importer uh, Uh, obligations uh, in order to make sure that I check that I check whether the devices meet the requirements, and then suddenly I have a lot of Udemy interaction responsibilities because I need to uh, I need to uh, interact with Udemy for my own SRM as procedure packer systems integrator. I need to issue a UDIDI to my uh, procedure pack or my system, which I also need to maintain. So if I change things, I may need to issue a new UDIDI, for example. Then I, as a distributor, I need to uh, verify whether there's a declaration of conformity, whether uh, uh, whether uh, uh, the, the manual is in the box and all this stuff. So then suddenly it gets very complex very quickly. Yeah, I, I, we discussed, uh, just, just for maybe the, the audience, we discussed that with um, uh, Edgar Castile uh, from Medenvoy uh, on our last podcast, where he said that under MDD, there was a lot of people that were importers or distributors, but not knowing that. And now that they know what is happening with UMDR and the responsibility of an importer distributor, they start to say, okay, I don't want to be importer. I don't want to be doing that. So you have to find somebody else for that. 
but they were doing that without knowing it. So it's why it's important here for the system procedure pack provider is more like to say, you are maybe already doing some importation thing because you don't really understand if I can say this logistic. So it's why it's important for, for them to understand don't think that you can be only system processor pack. You can also be maybe importer without knowing it if you are importing products directly from China yeah. or wherever. Uh, that's an important point because, uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, people tend to forget. I think Edgar has a nice uh, model with what he's, uh, he's doing. Yeah, yeah we, we presented that on the pre previous podcast. So for people that uh, will want to check that, so we had made the podcast, which is called like Independent Importer, which is more like an importer that is not touching products at all, uh, which, but we talked more about liability also. We talked more about the problem that we have to have some trust uh, with some companies because if they do something wrong, it's also the, the fault of the importer. So yeah, I think uh, people can go and look at this episode for, for more information, which is also uh, giving information related to what we talk uh, about today. Um, so let's now focus on systems because I think there is also something important about systems, uh, which is about the fact that you can have a system, so it has to work together, but yes. they have different classification. Yep. So you can have a component that is class one and some mm -hmm. component that is class two A, two B, three, or etc. And yep. because of EUMDR, we have some misunderstanding in terms of for a system, should my class one component be compliant to the UMDR by 26th of May 2021 and the rest be available by expiration date of the certificate? Or should we consider it as a system so we are not really looking at class one or two A or two B? Or how, how is it, how is it, how are we thinking about that? That's a good question because what, what basically, like under the MDD, eh, we have Article 12, the systems uh, provision. The same logic applies under the MDR, and that is that the uh, that that the uh, in case of a system, the CE marking of the individual devices included in it is basically uh, nothing happens with it, as long as all this as all the devices in it are used on label. As soon as one is used off label, then the whole system needs to be CE marked as a single device. If you use all the system, all the components of the system as a uh, uh, on-label under your own specific assigned uh, medical uh, purpose, then as a systems integrator, you basically have uh, no concern with the regulatory status or the, the CE status of the individual uh, product. So that means that, for example, if you put in a class one uh, device that is upclassified under the, uh, or, or is not upclassified, uh, let's take that as an example, because I think that's where you were going. Yeah, exactly. So a uh, 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 class one MDD device that needs to be uh, go into the MDR uh, by, as a class one MDR device, then what you need to verify is um, whether the device is still compliant after the date of application of the MDR. Because if it's a class one device, it doesn't change classification. It has to have a declaration of conformity under the uh, MDR as of that day. So that means that basically, again, as a system integrator, you do two things. First, you check whether the device is still compliant in your system. And as a distributor, you check whether the declaration of conformity checked out, because otherwise you can't distribute it. So that's, that's a double responsibility. And for the devices with, uh, uh, with the class 2B certificate, for example, it goes into the grace period. 
Well, same thing. As long as the uh, certificate is valid, then uh, you can uh, you can use it. But you need to also monitor whether the VCE certificate remains valid. Because let's say, for example, you have a piece of software that you that is class to be um, uh, theoretically, that's also possible under the NDB, uh, and it's part of your system. Then, um, yeah, then then they do a software update. They validate their CE certificate because the software update causes a significant change. Then you can't put it in your system anymore. So these are things that you would need to monitor. And the problem is that the manufacturer, that, that, that is a bit of a, let's say, you could say, uh, uh, issue with the Article 22 procedure. The manufacturer of the device does not have an obligation to keep you informed as a systems integrator. That's, that's, let's say, the other side of the coin that we just discussed, that you, as a systems integrator, do not have an obligation to inform the manufacturer of the device that you're integrating. So this is also, this shows that there is actually value in having a good relationship with the manufacturer as a systems integrator because it allows you to, uh, uh, to, to receive this kind of information uh, earlier. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's also the same situation for um, the manufacturer that has some accessories that are class one also that uh, are used within their system. So it means that some of their product or elements will be have a declaration of conformity under MDR and others will have will still stay under MDD, etc. So there is also this management of all this to create. It's not like oh, easy, yeah. if I can say it's a brainstorming or that. It can even get a way more complicated one here because the because the MDR says that you can also have other devices bearing the CE marking. So you can have, let's say, a device that is um, a camera, uh, a, a camera toy, or, or a Bluetooth transmission uh, unit that is only certified under the uh, RED directive, the Radio Equipment Directive, or you can have a piece of electronics that is only LTD and EMC certified. And if you have changes in those directives, this is also something that you need to keep in mind as a systems integrator that they also remain compliant under that legislation. So yeah. is, is this also something that those kind of changes that are happening to those components, is this something that can accelerate, if I can say, you to move from MDD to MDR because they are changing these kind of components. So then it's a significant change. Then you have to move to MDR. Uh, no, no. Well, what it could force is that if you are selling a system of which one of the components is not compliant anymore to the original legislation that it was uh, approved under, it may result in the fact that in the situation that you have a non-compliant system and that you would be forced to get a CE mark for the whole system. And that after 26 May is an MDR CE mark. And that CE mark will then need to be granted by the risk class of the highest risk device in the system or in the procedure pack. And yeah, because we have we have systems where we have some components that are class 2B, 2A, maybe one. So yep. if we if we talk now about system, it's more like the highest class on the system that is making like your system is class 2B. It's not class yep. one, it's really class 2B. Yeah, because then you would need to use the classification rule that says that if I if I have a group of things that together have one uh, medical intended purpose, 
then you need to assess them. And then it might be that different classification rules lead to different outcomes because you have various components in it and you need to take the highest uh, uh, classification result then. So um, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, really providing all the, the answers related to, to this kind of, uh, of, uh, of question that, uh, that I was planning to ask you. Um, so the, the elements related to uh, system procedure pack etc so it's one element and as we said on the ivdr this is not existing and maybe it will be a talk uh, a future talk but we we can have kits within ivdr but it's not like the same definition as a system and procedure pack and with the same rules etc so it's also something that is more complicated as we talked about before yeah, and also you need to be careful what what it is because uh, because if you look at the def if you look at Article Twenty Two Section One it says that an a system can include an IVD uh, so it could be an IVDR uh, uh, it could be you could actually have a system with a kit in it for example okay and uh, and on the other hand uh, uh, a kit. If you look at the definition, well, let's, uh, let's play with that a bit. It means a set of components. So yeah, so not product, well. components for this time. Yeah, so it can, be, can, can basically be anything. So you get into really weird demarcation problems. And then article, um, uh, then you would need to really go into uh, uh, article one of the IVDR to determine um, the, huh, it does the IVD are uh, apply to my combination or not, or does the or does the MDR have preference? And then it depends on the combination that you make. Yeah. So, um, so I think, yeah, as I said, this is a, maybe another discussion. Uh, before you talk to me about also uh, the fact that you discussed that also on your book that you are you have created. So, when yeah. are we planning to see this book? Well, the book is uh, the problem. The book is uh, it, it's. Well, it's still almost finished. Uh, I have two final proofreaders in the last stages, and then the um, the layout company needs to do the layout. But I hope you, yeah, to, it will be finished before the uh, date of application, so everybody will be able to buy it before then. Right. But uh, it's, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's so much work. And the problem is it's a moving target, right? Because still new NDCG guidance, this, exactly. that, the other thing that you want to put in. So, so I, I suppose you will have multiple versions because each time there will be a new things coming. Oh, yeah, in the... yeah. I'm, I'm basically I'm planning on releasing a new version like every half year or something. So. I suppose also, yeah. yeah. I think it's great. So I, I hope we, when, when it will be released, we can also show that uh, within the, this episode and and then uh, so people can really can really have it. So so I think it will be great. Okay, Eric. So really, thank you for your help. Thank you for all the information here. I think it was. I hope it was really helpful for people to have some clarity on the system procedure pack, uh, what, what they have the rights to do and not to do. And I think now it's it's really clear for people. So really, thank you for that. Uh, and for people that are listening, so don't hesitate to uh, go to the website to ask your question. I forward them to Eric if there is anything, and also on the YouTube channel if there is any uh, any questions. So I will forward them to Eric. So don't hesitate. Uh, and uh, if you have any question or so, if you have any topic that you want also us to discuss on a podcast, so don't hesitate to uh, send me an email to info at easymedicaldevice.com. So info at easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, Eric, so really happy. Thank you very much. And I wish you a nice day. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.
thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.